Good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff hit me cut again. Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victors. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kudagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Wakanjahade, which means distant thunder. My colonized name is Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they are. And they're even an organization, too, Haley. Oh, hey, we got one of our uh, my uh, a good friend here that's uh, I've known for quite a few years, Misko. And we're going to talk a little bit about what she does. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, powwow etiquette because it's that time of year. Welcome, Misko. Buju. So I'm just going to introduce myself really quick in my language. So Buju and Dinawe Maganidu Misko Gimiwana Dijinakas Makwando Dame Oswaganegnin Dunjaba. Hello, my relatives. My name is Misko Gimiwan. I'm Bear Clan from Lake the Flambo, Wisconsin. My family is also from Siston, South Dakota. I am a fancy shawl and jingle dress dancer, and I teach both dance styles down at the Indian Center. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on today. It's great to see you, Misko, and you're out in the, a beautiful day here in Minnesota. Uh, and uh, just give a shout-out to our relatives in Wisconsin. It's really pretty here, and it's nice and beautiful here. Uh, Misko, I'm so happy to be on, and I know over the years we've talked about, uh, you know, powwows and et- etiquette, and I, I always believe, like, our, our listeners and a lot of our, our white allies out that are listening want to know in a good way how they could join in and come to a powwow because, as you know, powwows are for everyone. So it's exciting to have you here, and we can talk a little bit about uh, proper etiquette with our with anyone that shows up to a powwow. Yeah, and so I guess one misconception that people have is that powwows are Native only, and these are actual social events where everyone is welcome to come and enjoy our dancing, our artists, they're to enjoy our food and to, you know, bring good company. And so, um, again, like we do welcome everyone to come to powwows, but there are some things that it's really important to like know before you come. And so I guess the main thing that I would start off with is to be respectful, to be respectful of other people's space, of other people's property. You know, you wouldn't want, um, to go up to a dancer and just start taking pictures. You know, you might want to ask, hey, is it okay if I take a picture with you or if I take a picture of you? Um, Because, you know, in regular public, you wouldn't want someone to come up with you with a camera. You know, sometimes we're just walking with our lemonade and our friends and we're just trying to, you know, you know, enjoy the sun. Um, So, again, just ask questions if you want to take pictures of somebody or of their regalia. Um, You know, normally it is okay to take pictures of dancers when they're in the arena because it's more of an open space while we're dancing, you know, when we're dancing, we 
think in a good way and we, you know, dress ourselves up um, to the best. So, you know, sometimes it is nice to have our, our picture taken while we're out in the arena dancing, but outside of the arena, you know, when we're just with our family or with our friends, you know, it is really <clears throat> respectful to ask, hey, can I take your picture? Um, another thing is to not go into the arena um, if not advised. So one thing is to listen to the MC or the arena director or the person who's on the mic. Um, they're announcing everything that's going on. And so sometimes there, there will be specific dance categories dancing. So like say men's traditional, only the men's traditional dancers are supposed to be out there. But other times we have inner tribals, which are where everyone is welcome to come, whether you're in regalia, whether you're not in regalia, whether you're native, non-native, it's open for everyone to come out and to dance and enjoy the music. Um, yeah. Do you have any comments or anything of what I no, said so far? Amiska, that's great. And you know what I was thinking, too? Uh, a lot of uh, people don't understand. Um, and I and I think a uh, thing that I would like to bring up is, please, uh, whenever you see a native, don't ask to touch their hair. I mean, that's kind of a thing. And we feel like uh, it's 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 a derogatory. We're little animals and things like that. Um, so it's hard not to because of our beautiful hair. And I know mine's thinning out, but it was beautiful at one time. Misco, really, it was. I believe you. <laughs> I seen it. I seen it back then. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, you know, going off of that too, another thing is um, our beautiful dance regalia. So a lot of the things we wear are handmade. Everything we wear is handmade. You know, it's not something that you can go out and buy from a factory. Maybe the fabric that we use is manufactured, but we, you know, put our art and we hand make everything that we wear. And so again, it is very disrespectful to go up to someone and grab their hair grab their, their beaded pieces, grab their shirt, grab anything that's an article of clothing that they're wearing. Like we get that it's beautiful and you want to like tell us, oh, this is really beautiful, but you know, it's different to go up and touch it and it's different to just ask, hey, can I touch this? And you know, they might say no, they might not feel comfortable because the things that we wear holds energy. And when we make something, whenever I create something, I put my love, my energy and good intentions into that beadwork. And, you know, if someone is carrying negative energy or, you know, they're just unaware, they might touch it and, like, it will hold that energy. And so that's another, like, reason why we wouldn't want people to come up and just, you know, touch our things or grab it. It's good to admire and it's good to ask. But, again, just be respectful of our space and of who we are. Yeah, and it's a really good point. And it kind of sounds ridiculous uh, that we're even talking about this, but it is a thing. It really, yeah. really, really is, right? Mm-hmm. I've experienced it uh, with people coming up and taking pictures. It's like if I was aware, you know, I might say, yeah, you can take a picture of me. But just to have like a camera shoved in my face or to someone come and grab um, an article of clothing that I'm wearing, it, it feels invasive. Like, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, how many how many powwows do you think you dance in a year? Do you have you ever figured that out? Roughly a couple of months. uh That'd be 24. Uh, I know it's a lot more than that. How many do you think you've done in this past year? Um, there's a lot of like smaller powwows that I, you know, attend, you know, throughout our community in the Twin Cities area, you know, school powwows, community powwows. And then there are also um, larger outside tribal powwows that I go to. And so it kind of depends on the year, you know, if I have the means and if I uh, have the energy to go and travel you know, three, four, five hours to a powwow. 
I'll be out there every weekend in the summertime. So, yeah, there's a pile every single weekend. But during the school year, it slows down a lot. So I haven't counted, but I think the most <laughs> I've, the most big piles I've gone to in one summer is probably like eight, nine, or ten. And there was one week where I left on a Friday. I did the weekend pile, and then there's a weekday pile. I didn't come back till the next Friday. And it's wow. just super fun. I know. It's it's amazing to travel and to meet people and to be able to watch other people dance and then express myself through my dancing, through my travels. There's, there's so many other dances going on, too, uh, you know, like the uh, couples dance. But I know in years past, you and uh, whoever, your partner or friend, you are like the defending potato uh, dance, the head dancer. Can you tell our audience what... what, what uh, what that all entails? Yeah, so there's a um, couple different, like, couple dances, and they kind of dance usually to, like, the beat of a sidestep, so it's like, din 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 And so for the potato dance, it's about, I guess, coordination and teamwork. And so what we do is we have a potato. It's literally a potato dance for the potato. <laughs> you have a potato, and you put it in between your forehead, and you guys have to balance it there um, with each other's forehead, so it's Kind of an intimate uh, dance, I guess. Um, and then we also have to follow, you know, what the MC says. So they'll say, touch the ground. So then you and your partner will have the potato. You have to go down and touch the ground or they'll have to spin or um, jump or go on one leg. And so it's a really fun, like, little challenge to do with, like, a partner that you have. You can either do it with, you know, a partner, a friend, a relative. Um, and it's just a super fun dance to get involved in. It is. It, uh, it's fun to watch, too. That's one of those things that's really fun. Misko, I want to talk about your art when it comes up to the next segment here. We're winding down here, but I'm I'm with Misko. And, uh, you know, just I, I know the community here in Minnesota is so proud of you. You're one of the young ones that is going to be a big leader someday. And so I'm really been uh, blessed to watch you grow and become uh, the person that you are. So and, and it's fun, too, because you're coming on the last minute uh, and uh, you're golden. So let's uh, have you up next. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission. Hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger. Purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. The time is now. Contact your legislator and tell them to pass paid family and medical leave for Minnesota. Learn more at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by the Minnesota AFL-CIO. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. 
How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Students at participating Twin Cities high schools can get a summer's worth of rides on buses and light rail for just $30 with a summer student pass. From June 1st through September 5th, students can get unlimited rides on buses and trains up to a $3.25 fare. For a list of participating schools and to purchase a pass, visit metrotransit.org slash summer dash student dash pass. Again, that's metrotransit.org slash summer dash student dash pass. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're here with Misko, who I see all over the community. She works in the community. She dances in the community. And one of the things I think it's hard to know this, you're an artist in the community. And I know that just because I know you and I see whether it's T-shirts, whether it's regalia, whether it's medallions. Uh, and I know you can paint, too, just from knowing you uh, from years past. You're uh, just an all-around artist. I want to talk about, one, Native art and uh, what appropriation is. And then also, uh, you know, uh, what what you, uh, what you uh, do uh, and what kind of art you do. Yeah, and so... Um... I've been attending Augsburg University for the past three-ish years. Um, and so I, I've taken like native art classes and just being a native artist and learning, you know, traditional Ojibwe and Dakota styles of art. And then also moving that on to contemporary styles such as like digital art or videography or stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and also creating like contemporary clothing with the traditional designs that we have. It's kind of hard to explain what Native art is, but at the end of the day, it's just art made by an Indigenous or Native artist. You know, it doesn't have to, like, look like uh, what it did 100 years ago. Our art has, like, evolved and changed just as much as our cultures and our societies have changed, and we've evolved to adapt to the kind of you know, materials that we have today and also the things that we use and we need um, in, you know, our modern day times. You know, back then we would use quills. Over time, we were uh, introduced to new art mediums and, you know, materials. And so that's why our art has always changed. But the meaning behind these things and the intention and the creativity and, you know, how it ties back to our families, how it ties back to our identities, has never changed. And so to me, that's what it means to be a native artist is to use um, what I've learned through traditional teachings, as well as using it to, you know, give it a new meaning or, or use it in a new medium um, to give a new message for what whatever we're trying to make a message about. You know, what's interesting, too, and I and while you were talking, I was thinking about this, too. Native art is more than just some kind of painting and you throw a teepee in there. We're, yep. we're, uh, we're, 
we're uh, artists just like everybody else. And I know we, we express our ways in Native art, but we also are artists, artists that are Native. Yeah, and so I guess what, more with what I was going with that, it's no matter what kind of art you do, whether you're creating things with metal, painting, digital art, creating videos, um, even like having a radio show, no matter what we do, we're Native. And at the end of the day, any art that we create is Native art. It doesn't have to be marketed as Native art just because it has a teepee, but just because it was made by an Indigenous artist. And that's how we express ourselves as an Indigenous person. Exactly. Hey, let's back up a little bit. And I know I uh, I just kind of got a text at the same time <laughs> as introducing you, so I kind of lost my mind. Um, what I'd like to talk to you a little about, and you and I have worked together, and there's a thing called appropriation. And we run into that all the time. And I know uh, one of the things with our store, and then you were managing the store when it was down in Dayton's, uh, is that we could tell everybody that came into that store who made the product or where this product came from. And that's a question that people should ask whenever they see uh, Native art. Uh, Don't you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. And it's kind of the same thing as like back in the day with our beaded designs. You could tell which family made which regalia, who what family that person belongs to just based off of the how they beaded, the designs they beaded, the colors they used. And that's similar to today with our art is we can look at an artist and be like, oh, yeah, I know that's this person because, you know, the way that they drew it or the, the, the neon colors they used or the traditional colors that they used. And so, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Right. And not only that, I, I think there's beaded things that come from China and one of the things I don't, I think you do this, Misko, uh, but I know like your friend Nolan does, is make a mistake inside the beating so people know that it's it's real and not done on a machine. Is that correct? Yeah, and another teaching with that, so it's called a spirit bead. You add one thing to make it imperfect because, you know, we're humans. The only thing I guess that would be considered perfect would be the creator but we're just human, and so we got to humble ourselves and humble our artwork. So when we're creating something, you add a spirit beat in there just to give us a reminder that we're not perfect and nothing we make is perfect. So not to say don't strive for perfection, but just be okay with any mistakes that you make in your art, in life, and in anything. Yeah, well, that's a great way to live, but it's also for our, our, our people out there that are listening, it's a good thing to check because it's like uh, – I've run into things that are called native-inspired, and really what that means to us is native-stolen. And I'll be that harsh, but that's uh, the truth. And I know we uh, had a booth, and we will again at the Minnesota State Fair. There was appropriation running rampant, and we were fighting appropriation one T-shirt at a time. (laughs) No, yeah, that's really tough because then, you know, people do, like, So I I usually tell people buy native made, not native inspired, because those designs are those ideas or however they were inspired by natives. You could just as easily go support a native artist. And instead of supporting something that's manufactured and can be made a hundred of times, the things that we make are one of a kind. You know, we could replicate something, but in some way, what that piece of art 
will be different than the one that we previously made. And so it's really important to, you know, um, you know, buy from our native artists just because, you know, you know, if you buy a pair of earrings or if you buy a shirt, that could be their next meal. Or, you know, if you buy multiple things from them, you know, that funds their lifestyle. It does. It just doesn't go to like a big manufacturer where it's just a number and it's just a profit where they can create something. And, then you know, like a corporation, it's like it's right. more personal and it's more important to buy native made because I don't know. It's just it's better that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Misko, I want to, um, because we've talked now for a couple segments here and you've been on the show a bunch of times over the years, I want you uh, to tell our audience how old you are. Oh, yeah, I'm 22 years old. Um, oh, yeah, and then I guess I can go just a little bit into where I started my art. Um, is that okay? Yeah, yeah? that's cool. Okay. I just wanted to, to know, uh, you know, how young you are and how intelligent and how poised you are and i think that's just important for me to uh let our audience know that's why i asked you how old you are i know it's rude to oh ask okay okay woman how old they are but uh <laughs> you know i didn't want to start out in the beginning and go oh you know we're here with 22 year old and i didn't know you were 22 i thought you're a little younger but that's cool because everybody's getting old but me you know uh <laughs> i remember you when you were uh, a, a sophomore in high school so yeah we We've gone a long way back. But, yeah, go ahead, Misko. Yeah, so um, I started dancing and getting interested in uh, being out in the PAL arena when I was about 16 or 17 years old. And so it's really hard to get a dance regalia if your family doesn't dance or you don't really know a lot about it. And so I'm so grateful for my community because there was a few community members that we have who put together a drum and dance group. And so I would go there like every Tuesday um, just to be around the drum and to listen to the songs, as well as I put myself in a sewing class so that I can learn how to sew. Cause you know, um, now that I'm an artist and now that I know how much work and how much effort goes into creating a dance regalia, it's understandable on why the prices are the way they are. But if you're able to go out and learn how to make regalia, there's so much videos and so much resources, or even go to your community and ask someone, hey, how do I make this? Can I trade you my time in this for you to teach me how to make this? And that's a lot of how I learned a lot of the things that I know today is just by um, giving them my time in return for give them giving me teachings. So either I help them do something, I help them garden, I help them sew, I help them uh, literally with my anything that I have and in return they give me teachings and I've learned so much through different native youth organizations. I worked on a farm at Dream of Wild Health. I was also in the chemical dependency prevention program at ADY and then from being in these youth organizations I wanted to work into these organizations and, and learn as much as I could so I can pass on what I've learned and continue to learn and continue to grow and so yeah when, once I started dancing when I was about 17, 18 years old, uh, I made my first regalia. And then from there, I just kept making regalia. I learned how to bead. Um, I made friends in the Native art community and just got super inspired by them, would hang out with them. And also other elders would um, have beading sessions with them. And just uh, I just learned so much by just being there and you know doing things and just going out and doing it. And another thing, it's just never too late to go out and do it. I used to look at everyone else and be like, wow, they're such good dancers. Wow, they're such good artists. That could never be me. But after time and time and time of practicing, 
and putting my effort into it and wanting it so bad. That's how I can come here today and say, yes, I'm an artist. Yes, I'm a dancer. This is everything I wanted to be. And I got there and I'm still learning. Not saying I'm perfect, but I can share what I know. I can share what little language I know. I can share what little art, what little history that I know. And hopefully it inspires someone else to want to learn more just as much as I was um, inspired and able to learn. Yeah, you've been a, a rock star for many years. And I, I just have to say this before we take off, because, uh, Haley, I think we only got a minute, right? Um, is that, uh, you know, when you first bead something or you first learn something, you have to give it away, right? Because that's how I got that really nice medallion you made me, right? Yeah, that was my first medallion I made. It's awesome. Hey, Misko, uh, we want to hold you over for one more segment real quick, and we'll be right back if you don't mind. We're almost we're almost done with you. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right here, right back with Misko and Haley. Stay with us. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. The time is now. Contact your legislator and tell them to pass paid family and medical leave for Minnesota. Learn more at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by the Minnesota AFL-CIO. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, it's Patrick. So much of what makes us a family takes place in our home. These walls provide an intimate space for all of the small moments that bring us together, and that bond grows stronger year after year. And like any other relationship, your home requires the same love and attention. This is why you should trust in the power of Zero Res to take care of your home. At Zero Res, we don't use harsh soaps or chemicals. Our water is tough on stains and dirt while still safe for you and your family. So contact Zero Res today to clean your home because a clean home is a healthy home. Just check out the 15,800 raving customer reviews online with a 4.9 Google rating. 
Visit ZeroResMinnesota.com to get three rooms of carpet zero resified starting at just $129, which is a savings of $40 and take $75 off an air duct cleaning. Make sure to mention you want the AM950 special. ZeroRes, backward or forward, spells the same. Many car dealers will quote safety stats, but first-hand experience really tells the story. When I bought my 2017 Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota, the service manager told me it was one of their safest vehicles ever made. Then I saw it for myself. A car hit me at 35 miles per hour, and the Sienna saved me. Its design absorbed the collision, and although it took a wallop, I walked away, and I now have a 2022 Sienna. When it comes to safety, I personally vouch for Toyotas. Be safe and get one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Clear tonight with a low of 55, then sunshine Tuesday with a high of 83. Cafe Latte is unlike any restaurant you've ever experienced. Grab a tray and pick from their award-winning selections of soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Cafe Latte, Victoria Street and Grand Avenue in St. Paul, or CafeLatte.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Yes, they are right on Franklin Avenue in the Twin Cities. Hey, we're here with Misco and we've kind of hijacked her. I only told her she'd be on two segments and now she's on three segments. But it is it is really cool to hear from a young person's heart, uh, a point of view what's going on, because we talk a lot, Misco, about how we've lost language, how we've lost culture uh, to uh, boarding schools and uh, uh, lost generations. And I know I have many guests on that are my age that are so proud of the youth that are bringing this back. And I feel like you and your friends uh, are those people that are, are making us old ones uh, really happy and look forward to the future. And I just want to say that, Pinigigi uh, Misco, for doing everything in a good way. And right back at you with we wouldn't have this sense of pride and this sense of wanting to learn if it wasn't for the older generations instilling that in us. You know, I was always told, you guys are the next ones to be running this program. You guys are the next ones to be carrying on, you know, the language. And it's true. Like, I've grown up a little bit, and I've learned, like, that is 100% true. And so I hope I can do that for the next generation as well as make you guys as proud as I can. Yeah, and you have. And I want to kind of circle back to what you were talking about you know, I, I talk a little bit about this, but I'm an adoptee that uh, was gone for uh, a long, long time and have just come back. And I think there, there's a, a story to be told, uh, even you dancing at an older age. Uh, what's your feeling about, you know, uh, uh, our adoptees and people that maybe weren't brought up with uh, with uh, uh, our ways? Uh Talk a little bit about that. So I guess from my personal experience and, you know, not having so much language, so much culture in the household, and that was due to uh, boarding schools and through the loss of language and the loss of community and culture. 
But also, um, I was so blessed that I was able to grow up in the St. Paul, Minneapolis community where we do have so many resources on how to get reconnected. Um, you know, we have community events and a lot of things like that. And so I, I wasn't adopted, so I feel like I can't speak too much about that. But as someone who is now in the community and I go to events and I meet so many people to hear that, like, oh, I was adopted and I, you know, never learned much uh, growing up and I don't really know. Well, I, I welcome everyone with open arms and I'm just say, come here, come learn, you know, get into these programs. You know, you're 100% welcome, whether you grew up with it or not. Um, there's always a space for you. You know, if you're native, you're native. So just learn who you are. Go to your communities. I know sometimes it may be rough trying to get in, but, you know, just keep trying, keep being persistent. And it's important to know who you are. You know, once I started learning more about my culture and, and my identity as an indigenous woman, it made it like fulfilled me. It kind of gave me a life path of like, hey, this is what I meant to do here. You know, um, not everyone's meant to be a dancer. Not everyone's meant to you know, do certain things, but, like, there's so many things we can learn, so many things we can do, so many people to meet, and, you know, don't knock your chances before you try it, and so, um, yeah, just to say, it's come out into the community, come learn, there's a lot of events um, that we have down at the Indian Center, as well as other Native orgs here that we put on, and so it's really good to go out and meet people, and yeah. a lot of people are welcoming, you know, Definitely. I think one of the things that I want to kind of back back up just a second, Misko, and one of the things with uh, Ancestry.com and all these 2023andMe's, 20, people uh, find out maybe they have a little native blood. And what you need to do, though, I feel, and you can comment on this too, is walk slowly, come gently, don't come in and, um, you know, if you find that out, find out who your family is. You know, I tell my my, my Hinu and Weha, I say when, and this is not an insult, when people say, I'll go to Misco or I'll say to Haley, who are you? And I respond and my children respond, well, I'm Ho-Chunk and I am in the Eagle Clan. My family's the McKees. Um, and uh, my Gaga, which is grandma, was Helen McKee. And my great-grandfather was you know, Howard McKee Jr. and great-great-grandfather is Howard McKee Sr. And when you tell that to another Ho-Chunk, for instance, they know that family name. They know, and they'll be more welcoming. So try and find that out, right, Misko? Yes, most definitely. Because um, it is important to trace back to who you are and um, where you come from in your family, because you know, a lot of times I do run into people and they're like, oh, I'm this. But it's kind of hard because it's like, do you really know where you're from? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just, um, do you know what I'm trying to say, Pilot? Right. Well, what you're trying to say is that there's a lot of people that find out either they heard in their family or they found out uh, through ancestry. But a lot of times it's they hear through their family that their great, 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 great grandma was a uh, Cherokee princess. And I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that because one, Cherokees don't have princesses, and two, it you know, and I've heard people say that they're Blackfeet too, and uh, you know, they can't back it up in a sense by saying, "Well, my you know my grandfather was this person or that." They just say that they heard it, and there's many many people, uh, 
when I grew up, whether they were stars, like Elvis said he was uh, part Cherokee and that was never found out. There's all these stars. Johnny Cash said he was part Native. Things like that that came out at the end that they weren't Native. And we we call that pretendians. And that's a, a, a real thing in the Native community. And I know there's people out there pretending on purpose and know they're not Native um, getting grants, working for colleges, and making decisions for true Native people of this of this land, and so there's a whole plethora of uh, of things if you don't know and can't say where you're from, because one, if you're lying, you'll be found out. Don't you agree? Yeah, again, too, with um, what you're saying about how they go out and get these grants and get these things. Um, for being Native, it just really sucks because those are opportunities for Natives. You know, we have always had the, the what it, the, I forgot the, the terminology, the about lower hand. We've never had, like, great enough opportunities. Um, and so once we have these spaces that are meant for Native people, it just really sucks that they're being taken over by pretendians or people who just want to capitalize off of that, those opportunities. <clears throat> right, exactly. And so find out who you are, who you're related to, who you're married to, uh, and, and and I guess to back up, come in a good way. And I know in the Twin Cities, for instance, I, I see it as a welcoming place. I go to powwows, and especially the school powwows, and, you know, like Nolan's mom has all those dresses you can borrow, all those, and you can go and dance. Talk a little bit about that because that's really important, especially if you don't know how or don't have regalia and you really want to learn how, and especially the young ones. Misco. <laughs> there you go. Okay, there can you go. hear me? Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, I think we lost her. Oh, that's crazy. Well, that... What did you think there? That's a, a lot to uh, chew on there and uh, a lot to learn. And I think, you know, uh, Misco comes in a good way and has yeah. also learned, you know, as a as a younger, older, uh, older, younger person, she's learned that uh, there's things that uh, that you have to really ease into. So it's really cool to hear a perspective from from uh, someone young like that, that, that knows what's going on. Hey, we got a couple more minutes, Misco. I'm glad you're back. But uh, it, yeah, it's a difficult thing. Uh, <laughs> <and then she laughs> gone again. Hey, we're going to do this for the last three minutes, Haley. Uh, it's, right. it's a difficult thing uh, to uh, not be brought up with it. It really is. Right. And how to right. act and, and what to do. And I remember, uh, one of one of my daughters uh, heard the drum for the first time, and it was very emotional, very very emotional for her. And uh, yeah. yeah, it is right, Hilly. Right. Well, and I can just speak a little bit on that too. You know, like I I'm a descendant of Ho Chunk. You know, my great grandmother Helen uh, was was full Ho Chunk, and I didn't get to grow up around her, unfortunately, because uh, she was an elder when I was a baby. And when I did get my native name, um, luckily she was there, which I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I didn't grow up going to powwows and, and I didn't honestly grow up knowing a bunch about native culture at all. But 
um, as a kid, I did play outside a lot and there were, you know, certain native things that, you know, in my soul that were trying to, um, capture my identity a bit. And, and I feel like going to a powwow, like last weekend when we went to the school one, um, Mm -hmm. the drum is, is, it does hit a heart string, I think. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And the singing too, for me, um, really, really the emotion. Um, and then a lot of times because, uh, uh, women cannot be on the drum, uh, but hearing their voices added to it as they stand behind behind the men around the drum round drum and uh it, it's it's a beautiful thing and it's something that uh i don't take lightly and i know i know you don't too and i know uh, our family doesn't and or a lot of our family members don't and especially yeah. our immediate ones and we want to uh carry ourselves in a good way and i think it was really important too that uh, misco talked a little bit about uh, proper etiquette with uh, with uh, coming to powwows. Uh, people always ask me, "Can I come?" And it's like, "Sure, you know, you definitely can come. It's just a matter of coming in a good way, right?" Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just learning too about the do's and the nots and what how to act at a powwow and how to be respectful and and all of that is really important as well. Right. And the first few times, you know, you should just sit down and listen and, and soak it all in and ease into it and participate. They're all over the Twin Cities. I know they're all over Wisconsin. I know they're all over the uh, uh, all over Turtle Island and definitely come and support and, you know, go to those stands and support uh, true artists. And, you know, Misco just touched on it for a second, but, you know, people uh, make these things and they live on their art. And so it's a it's a good thing to support. Hey, thanks, Haley. And thanks, Misco. Up next, Wendy Pilot. We'll, we'll see you in just a minute. We'll be talking about our sacred animals. This is Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and we'll be right back. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. The time is now. Contact your legislator and tell them to pass paid family and medical leave for Minnesota. Learn more at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by the Minnesota AFL-CIO. Students at participating Twin Cities high schools can get a summer's worth of rides on buses and light rail for just $30 with a summer student pass. From June 1st through September 5th, students can get unlimited rides on buses and trains up to a $3.25 fare. For a list of participating schools and to purchase a pass, visit metrotransit.org slash summer dash student dash pass. Again, that's metrotransit.org slash summer dash student dash pass. When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? 
Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of this show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Well, you know what that means. That's our sacred native, uh, sacred animal. <laughs> We're all sacred. Our sacred animal portion of the show. And Wendy Pilot is uh, coming in. And Wendy, you've been on the show for over seven years. You talk about a lot of great things. And especially you've been talking about for a long time our sacred animals and how important they are and how they uh, there are relations. And uh, we have a lot of fun, but we also, I learned so much. So I just want to say, Welcome and Pinigigi, thank you for being on. Yeah, hi. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanajihihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And I'm just going to be talking uh, about a few different things, kind yeah. of a plethora of uh, different um items here today but i want to i was just getting my hair done this afternoon hey, and yeah beautiful. i want to <laughs> i want to talk to you about people come up to you all the time and yeah say how beautiful it is. the woman who was doing my hair today was telling me that she's moving into a new apartment and oh. this that and the other thing but she was telling me a story mm. that her last apartment oh my goodness apartment? <laughs> her last apartment where she lived required her to have a cat that was declawed oh. yeah so what she did was she wanted a cat and she didn't want to declaw the cat so she went to the shelter and seeked out an already um a cat who was already declawed and the story f- with her cat was that um her previous owners the cat's previous owners declawed the cat and then that what happened was the cat really had behavioral behavioral issues after it was declawed and that Mm. happens a lot with a lot of different cats so the cat stopped using the kitty kitty litter box Mm. and would pee all over because you know it's very it's hurts it's not just their claw it's not like a fingernail it's whole their whole knuckle that's that's uh amputated right uh for this kind of thing actually um i'm a humane policy volunteer leader which means that i work uh, at the legislative Uh, you know, at our state capitol with our legislators to try to bring about humane bills. And this was one of the bills that we brought to our um, 
state senator and our House representative just this past year, because there's uh, Minneapolis and in St. Paul and other places in Minnesota, renters are required to have their cat declawed or their dog debarked. What the hell? Yeah. So anyway... This woman who did my hair said she adopted the cat and he was a super nice cat. But again, he wouldn't use the kitty litter box, but she worked with him for a whole year. She finally decided, like she said, I tried every kind of kitty litter. I tried all kind of boxes. I tried all this stuff. Finally, someone said, just put a potty pad, you know, like a potty pad inside the kitty litter without any litter Mm. and just do that. And that's what he uses. So forever now? Forever and now, yep. Saving money on... Uh, Kitty litter. Wow. And using pot, like the potty pads that a dog would wee on, right? Wow. And put line the kitty litter box with, with this um, thing. But, you know, we were just talking about how horrible the, this law is and that we really need to get this passed here in Minnesota because and elsewhere in the United States because, you know, the, the landlord is thinking, all right, well, the cat's declawed. It's not going to claw, claw the walls or whatever a cat's going to claw. But look what happened. The cat peed all over the place, which could really make even worse damage because if you know anything about run. cat's urine, you can never get it out. It stinks to high heaven. It's a right. high ammonia smell and it's just awful so anyway that was barking a dog isn't that horrible so again dogs who are debarked have a lot of behavioral issues that lead to urinating defecating uh chewing right other problems dogs are meant to bark that's what they do and be sassy and be sassy yeah i mean could you imagine you getting your vocal cords you know, you'd be angry and you'd lash out in a different way. Yes. So I just wanted to talk about that because I think that was a good, you know, we really had a good conversation about it. And, you know, she she thanks the Humane Society of the United States for working on these type of issues yeah. because people don't even know that they exist. Exactly. I mean, even, you know, a, a short time, maybe 20 years, I didn't know there was such thing as... uh you know, puppy mills, mm-hmm. not at all. And right. then we go to places out in the country and we hear there's 900 dogs. In a puppy mill. Yes, exactly, Robert. It's so just, we're helping people know what's going on. It's just and, awareness. Yes, and that's well, what I say. You've been teaching us all the, over these years. Well, I don't know about teaching is the right word. Just educating educating which is teaching which is teaching so anyway if this is something that's important to you and you do not want to see cats having to be declawed and dogs being debarked to move into an apartment uh landlords should be advised uh that they shouldn't be able to do this and you could call your legislators and let them know that this is this is an important subject matter and let them know that you want you know this law put into to place that you do not want these animals maimed because that's what they are they're maimed these animals but you know what robert i just want to touch on a couple of other things too we'll move along um starting to get hot out and what do i see when i go into the parking lots now i see people leaving their dogs in the cars with the windows cracked Mm -hmm. so let me just going to check the temperature right now and see what it is all right 75 degrees right now in st paul it's low humidity, but still, you know, even with the windows cracked in the Sun's car, cranking. it gets really, really hot in the car. So how hot is your car? 
Here's just a little, and you can look it up. How hot is my car? How long should I leave my dog in the car? They'll tell you don't leave them in for more than five minutes because it really, really um, gets bad. So summer temperatures can quickly turn a car into a dangerous hot box. Mm -hmm. If you must run errands, leave your pet at home. End of story. So let's just say the outside temperature, uh, and this is with all four windows cracked, and this is a matter of five or 10 minutes. At 84 degrees outside, your car gets to 98 degrees inside wow. the car. 90 degrees is 108. Wow. 95 degrees, 113. 110, I haven't seen 110 degrees outside. Anyway, here in Minnesota, I'm sure it gets out, you know, in Arizona and other places of the world, 123 degrees in a car. And this goes for your kids, too. Every <laughs> every year we hear about people leaving their kids in the car, too. So There's two or three things that happen every year, and we just shake our head. Mm-hmm. Ice ice houses and trucks going into the, the water because they're on the ice too late. Mm-hmm. And dogs being left in their car and kids being left in the car. Yes, it's every, uh, every year. year. I know. And, you know, it's always on the news. People talk about it, how dangerous it is, and it happens every year. So, you know, just be aware. And if you do see a dog in a car or a child in a car, call 911 immediately. Uh, the police will come out if a dog is in the car. Um, even if the windows are cracked, it gets very hot. Like I just said, this was, this was a study done with all four windows cracked. Jeez. Not just one, all four. And that's how hot it gets in that car. The other thing is to the asphalt. We have to remember that as well, right? We take our little doggies on a, on a walk. And in the sun, if the air temperature is 77 degrees, the asphalt temperature is 125 degrees. What? That's really hot on your pet's paws. So, you know, walk them on the grass, the dirt, and, the you know, the sidewalk is cement. So that doesn't get as hot. I've even seen dogs with, like, little, um, like, slippers on to protect <laughs> them. 86 degrees out, the asphalt gets to 135 degrees. And 87 degrees, the asphalt gets to 143 degrees. At 125 degrees, skin destruction can occur in just 60 seconds. Always check the asphalt prior to allowing your pet to walk on it. And what you want to do is place the backside of your hand on the asphalt and leave, leave it there for a minute. And if you can't take it, your, your pet's paws can't take it. Perfect update. That's that time of year. Peeny Geeky Wendy for all you do and all the information. Want to give a shout out to Misco for being on today. Great information about powwows, regalia, and art. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Be my way, be my